0: Seven years ago this month, more than 88,000 residents in Alberta evacuated their homes. They were chased out by a wildfire that began, in, uh, began southwest of Fort McMurray, Alberta. It's the largest wildfire evacuation in that province's history. On May 1st, 2016, a, a helicopter forestry crew first spotted the fire about 15 kilometers from Fort Mac. Uh, first responders arrived at the fire 45 minutes after it was spotted. The weather conditions were unfortunately prime for a fire to spread. It was unusually hot. A dry air mass over northern Alberta brought record-setting heat. Uh, the wildfire swept through Fort McMurray and destroyed approximately 24,000 homes and buildings. Take a listen to Fort McMurray residents as they fled their homes that day.
1: Hasty exit. That might have been the last time.
0: might have been the last time I ever saw my house right there. It's like Armageddon here. There's nobody on the road. Nothing. Absolutely nobody. Cars are burnt. There's people on the side of the road with crying babies and dogs and broken cars and no gas and no food. And it's just... It's like it's in a movie, I've never seen anything like this in my life. All Albertans are watching this. All Albertans are with the people of Fort McMurray. The end of days, <laughs> literally. If you looked around, there's people panicking. But I need to show you, it, it's not just on the border. This is Fort McMurray burning. This is insane. Holy Oh, you can feel the heat. Holy Holy This is crazy. Fear. I'm thankful that we got out alive, but uh, I lost a lot. Well, those events inspired our next guest to write his latest book, Fire Weather, The Making of a Beast. Uh, the nonfiction work examines the events surrounding the 2016 Fort McMurray wildfire. Author John Valiant joins us now. John, thank you for speaking to us today.
1: Hey, Jazz. It's really good to be with you. Uh,
0: when did you make the decision to write the book? Um, was it as the ev- events uh, unfolded on the news or after
1: Well, you know, I think I was with everybody else watching this, you know, big successful city disappear under this gigantic cloud. And nobody really knew what was going on under there. We knew a lot of people had escaped, but there was real uncertainty for many days, whether anyone was still left in there, how many were left in there, Mm -hmm. whether the city would survive. And so that really made an impression on me as it did everybody else. And I'm a writer. And so I just you know, I stayed with that idea, and shortly afterward, I started looking at the surrounding weather, mm-hmm. and what I realized was, you know, this is northern Alberta, so there were the lakes were still frozen up there. Now, there wow. were car-sized blocks of ice still on the banks of the Athabasca River. There had been frost within a couple of days prior to the fire, and so I thought, wow, if, if you can have a fire of that intensity in a place where winter has Barely ended. Mm-hmm. Imagine what it would be like further south, say in Vancouver or Saskatoon or cottage country or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I just started, I thought, you know, this, this isn't a unique event. This really could be uh, a bellwether, you mm-hmm. know, a sign of the future. And, and I should pay attention to it.
0: Um, sometimes when you see these stories, there's just this hot flash of just energy and of interest from the media and then the media moves on to something else. It's just the nature of the news business. What was it like for you to go back to Fort McMurray and to hear those stories a year later, six months later, two years later? As you research this book, what kind of things did you hear from these people?
1: You know, what, I'm really glad you brought that up, Jazz, because the news moves on, but the, and the people try to, but that event, And many of these events that make the news are so intense for the the individuals who experience them that it really doesn't go away. So I was speaking to people six months, a year later, they would burst into tears, you know, men and women, they were scarred, you know, really scarred by it. And I actually went to check in with them. You know, I interviewed dozens and dozens of people for this book over the years, and I It took me a long time to write it. It's finally out now. So I called a lot of them to say, hey, you know, I'm still here. I I wrote this book. It's actually coming out. And I asked them how things were. And everybody's life is different. Mm -hmm. Like that was a pivot point for everybody. And nobody lives the same life anymore who went through that experience. What,
0: uh, as you and I talk, there are wildfires um, in Alberta. We've seen many uh, fires here in British Columbia since then uh, as well. We've heard of uh, many similar uh, wildfires in California, in Australia. What is the broader question or message in regards to these wildfires? What are they telling us? What are we seeing?
1: Well, we're seeing a couple of things converging. And one of the things we're seeing is... Uh, construction in the wooey, And the wooey is the, a short term for uh, the wildlife urban interface. And that's the sweet spot in North American home construction. You know, you want to be near the forest, you want to have the running trails, you want to have a lake nearby, but you also want to have a cul-de-sac and, you know, a basketball court and be able to have your kid, you know, play on their scooter. Mm-hmm. And So when you think of the suburbs and new housing developments, a lot of the construction around Fort McMurray is in the WUI. The forest is right there, and it's a stunning place to live. It really feels good to be there until a fire comes in, and then the fire can seamlessly transition out of the forest right into your home. And the modern home, as it turns out, is filled with highly volatile petroleum products from vinyl siding to tar shingles, vinyl windows, all our upholstery is based in petroleum products, and you get that up to temperature, it bursts into flame like a gas can. Hmm. And so we were seeing in Fort McMurray, firefighters were seeing houses, two-story, half-million-dollar homes, volatilize into flame and collapse into the basement in five minutes. And it's almost unbelievable. But when you understand that most of the house is made of petroleum products, and you get it up to temperature, it bursts into flame in a very sudden way, almost like a refinery fire. Mm-hmm. And, and that, uh, so that's something we need to consider. And then the, the, the third, the elephant in the room, frankly, Jazz, for Canada and for, for the planet is climate change that is driven by a fossil fuel driven civilization. And fossil fuels are fire. The reason we're interested in oil and gas and coal is because it burns. And so we are burning hydrocarbons like no one ever has in history. And we've been doing it decade upon decade. And we've actually changed the chemistry of our atmosphere so it retains more heat. Mm -hmm. So we live in a hotter world that is more conducive to fire.
0: Uh, this week, or in fact, last two weeks on this show, we've talked about uh, communities opening up cooling centres during um, uh, heat waves, and we've had a couple of days that have been kind of hot, and, and communities now have to look at offering cooling stations in their communities because many people do not have air conditioning or cooling systems. Uh, this week on this show, we've also talked about uh, landlords or public policy proposal from the Lower Mainland um, Governments Association where landlords would be obligated to provide a cooling system to renters just as they're obligated to provide heating. We've also looked at brand new schools over the last seven or eight years that have been built, but none of them had a cooling system, so students and teachers are having much more difficult time in the last couple of weeks with a bit more heat in the Lower Mainland and learning where temperatures are hitting 28, 29, 30, 31 degrees Celsius. These are all public policy conversations that are happening because of that very issue you've raised in regards to climate change. Do you think the system, and the system I mean government, ultimately it is government – can move fast enough to address this issue we 're debating carbon taxes are too high yet our students are too warm in our schools for lower mainland now and I mean, do you think the system can move fast enough to address some of these issues that you you correctly uh, brought up
1: jazz I, I really do uh, I do have faith uh, in part you know watching how societies and and cities and towns and, and entire countries reacted to uh, the coronavirus pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. huge changes happened very, very quickly. And, you know, I think we, we do need to have some forgiveness for ourselves for just the shock that we're in. I moved here 25 years ago, and the idea of there being, of people overheating, of literally dying from the heat as they did during the heat dome of 2021 was unimaginable. No, mm-hmm. no one could imagine it. And so this world has changed under our feet and around us very, very quickly. And so we're having, you know, the city was built for a completely different temperature. And so we, re, to the, the, the mindset shift that, that we have to collectively go through at the policy level and also at the individual level, at the construction level, at the educational level is really huge. You know, it's all of a sudden we've been told, well, you live in a different world now react accordingly. And that's a big ask. And I believe we can do it. But and, and we are doing it. But it's, it is genuinely shocking. And we have every right, I think, to be shocked and amazed and, and frankly, somewhat traumatized by the fact that now the weather can actually kill our fellow citizens, you know, even without a fire, just the temperature alone killed more than 600 fellow British Columbians in 2001. And that just again, it's it's really hard to wrap your head around. No, we but Obviously, would. we're going to have to do it.
0: Yeah, and you wouldn't have thought of something like that even five years ago. I was reading a no. New, York, New Yorker article uh, six months ago talking about... You know, there are literally places in this world where human beings may not be able to live in anymore. A I, guy, like I, as a foreign correspondent one time, I had been based in Beijing. I've been based in New Delhi as well. The city in New Delhi oh, wow. in August yeah. temperature would hit about yeah. 43, 40 degrees Celsius, 44. <laughs> it's now hitting yeah. 50 degrees to the point where yeah. birds are falling from the sky. And people are just, uh, the, the human body shuts down at some point. They cannot work in that heat either, right? That's and, right. And you raise a very good point, and what I take from this book more than just the uh, wonderful work that you've done and the research you've done and wonderful stories you've told, and I loved you. what I love best about it is that you remain an optimist, so I really thank you for that.
1: Yeah, no, I really, I really do. You know, we're incredibly adaptable. There are huge changes, really difficult changes ahead of us, but there are so many adaptations we can make that I think will actually make our lives better. You know, I think there's this fear that, oh, I'm going to have to change so my life will somehow be less. And I don't think it has to be that way. It may be different, but I don't think it will be less necessarily. And, and the things that may be less, like maybe we do more public transit and, you know, drive smaller cars or don't drive, that, that diminishment may not be really such a diminishment. It actually might be quite liberating. Yeah.
0: John, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate the conversation today.
1: Hey, thanks, Jazz. I really appreciate your interest. 911? 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship! Ah, there was an explosion! Oh my god, the ship is sinking! I can't get out! There's water everywhere! We're going down! I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hummer. Hello? Are you there?